we're going to talk about the perfect father. Who is the father? If there's anything we need to know is, what is a father like? What is this position assigned by God to us? Well, it started all in the beginning where we began to open the Bible and we began to see the story unfold. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But then the Godhead began to be what is three in one. But before I go any further, I want you to, from Matthew 6, say with me, or read on the screen, what we refer to today as the Lord's Prayer. And then I'm going to get you to do it just a little bit different. So would you, with me, please, look up at the screen and let's recite, men and women, children as well, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Are you ready? After this manner, therefore, pray you, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. As we forgive others who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now then, I want to change it just a little bit. And I want it to, in the singular, I want us to pray it, beginning with, after this manner, pray, my Father, which art in heaven. And let's take it from there. Now, you're going to have to follow the screen on this, I think. Are you ready? My Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread and forgive me my debts as I forgive my debtors. And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It puts a little different light on it. It's easy to get religious and talk in the general, but when you start talking in the specifics, sometimes you may have to stop and ask yourself the question, is he really your father? Has he really forgiven you of your sin? Have you ever confessed your sins to the father? Have you ever taken Christianity seriously, personally? Can you today come to this service and with all that's in you say, you know what, I am here today primarily to join with others in worshiping my Heavenly Father. The one that has forgiven my sins. The one has led me in the paths of righteousness. The one who never leaves me and he never forsakes me. At 10 o'clock at night, he knows where I am. And at 2 a.m., he knows where I am. And at 
4 a.m. and throughout the day because he's my father. You see, we're told, and I don't have the latest statistic, but it's way up in the millions of children that last night went to bed in America, had no idea where their father was, and did not know who their father was. Because, you see, we have moved so far away from in the beginning to where we are today that we are seeing the signs of the coming of the Lord blowing in like a hurricane. That we have somehow forgotten how God put it together from Genesis 1. And how when we talk about who is the Father, we're talking about the one who not only created the heavens and the earth, but he made man in his own image. And the Father who, along with the Son and the Holy Spirit, became the deity, and we use the word trinity. Now, we must understand that the word trinity is not a biblical word. You don't go find trinity in your, in your concordance in the Bible, but it's three in one. You know, we have the trinity churches, we have the trinity broadcasting, we have the trinity river. I mean, you know, I mean, we just use that word trinity. But we must not see a trinity as a conglomeration of a lot of different things because the biblical trinity is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And in order to understand all that we are going through today on this Father's Day, when so many, so many, maybe and probably the majority of people today in families or homes or lives have no respect for the Father. And we as fathers have got to admit we brought a lot of that on ourselves. We have chosen to not be fathers, but let mother be mother and father. We have chosen to build our strongest relationships with our fellow men rather than with our children. And we have paid dearly for that. But in the midst of all of this, God continues to say to all of us, I love you anyway. I still know my plans for you, and that is to do good and not wrong. But I just want to kind of give you a little test this morning. Because when I hear the word father in an earthly sense, I have a lot of pleasant, wonderful memories. I can tear up just thinking about my father, earthly father. But I want to use that word to you, and I want to kind of put it in a context so you can help me with this sermon. I'm going to say, and you think, and I'm going to think now, I'm not going to say it, I want you to think the word father, and I want you to evaluate your emotions right now. Not your heavenly father, your earthly father. Number one, essential or non-essential? If your father is living today, is your father essential to your life or non-essential? When you hear the word father, do you think of strength or weakness? Can yield to every sin, fall for every ploy, fall for all the bad things that are going on. 
not strong, not a leader, a follower. You think about it. What do you think when you hear the word father, wisdom or ignorance? Wisdom or ignorance. How about active, lazy? What word pops up in your mind? This is your personal survey. Loving or repulsive? Now, we could go on and on. But what we've got to stop and understand is our Father who art in heaven is to be our model. And what we know about the Father through the Son, through the Holy Spirit, is very relevant in our day and time. When you go back to Genesis chapter 1, you remember it says that God created the heavens and the earth. That's in the first verse. Then in verse 3, God said, let there be light. Then God saw it was good. Then God called light and darkness into being. And then in the seventh verse, God made the water and the land. And then in verse 17, he set the moon and the stars into space. In the 18th verse, he saw and he said, it's good, it's good. And then in verse 22, God blessed and said, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. With what? That which was good. That which was born again. If you're talking about believers. Just taking what God started and fathers are to come and we're made a little different. In fact, we're made a lot different. Men and women have almost zero comparisons. And yet we try to make those one. We do everything to stay relevant, to break God's word that we possibly can, and we suffer for every single one of those tragic, ungodly decisions. And yet we say, well, you need to catch up with the times. No, we need to go back to, in the beginning, God. And he said, there shall be no other gods before me. You know what that means? That means if what you think doesn't go along with what the Scripture teaches, you're wrong. That's what it means. I am wrong if I don't believe it, and you're wrong if you don't believe it. And you say, but the majority is on my side. That's exactly right. The Bible says, broad is the way that leads to eternal death and destruction, and many go therein. But narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there are that find it. But the Father's responsibility is to get us to the Son and to get us to the Holy Spirit and to lead us in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. With His promise, I will not hold any good thing from those that love me. And I can shout, you know, I could just become a cheerleader backstage for calm down for a minute because we serve an awesome God. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. You see the world totally different from my perspective. And I've got an iPhone 6, and you still know more than I do. I thought Siri was smart until I met you and God you have laid upon me though a challenge 
Because God, my father, all the other kids are doing it. Did you ever hear that growing up? Did, did you have a mother and dad like I did when I threw that sentence at them? He said, yes, but my dad told me in no uncertain terms, I'm not their father. I'm your father, John, and you will obey me. And my mother would say, amen. <laughs> but my dad did not leave to my mother to discipline me or to correct me. If I did not respect my mother... I paid a price. Amen. And you say, I ought to call the police. My dad said, bring them on. <laughs> bring them on. Bring their children, I'll spank them too. You know, if they, <laughs> if they come on my property, you know, that's, that's kind of the way he was. But when we look at this scripture, in Matthew chapter 6, I'll go through this real quick. Number one, here's what we know about the Father. Who's the Father? Well, he has a family, verse 9, our Father. He lives in heaven, verse 9. Our Father who art in heaven. His name is revered, hallowed be thy name. He has a kingdom. His kingdom comes, will be done. He is a provider of our daily bread. He can forgive sins as we pray, forgive our trespasses. He can keep us out of trouble because he leads us in the paths of righteousness. Everything belongs to him. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. God owns everything. Our Father owns everything. And we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, according to the scripture. And he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the hills they graze on. His resources are unlimited. All power is given to him in heaven and in earth. And also in verse 13, it says, He is eternal forever and forever and forever. We sang an old hymn a lot when I was growing up, Trust and Obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Oh, how wonderful it is to have a father you can trust. Now listen, if you go out of here today feeling bad because you had a bad father, you've missed this sermon. Because you see, God can take the place of a runaway dad, of a selfish dad, of a sin-filled dad. And he came to do that. And the Father with the Son and the Holy Spirit comes together into one. But as our Father, when we disobey God and we defy his authority and his holiness and we fail to trust him and we doubt his sovereignty and we question his goodness, we then go back to being like everyone else that even has never given God one bit of attention. God wants us today to view him very seriously as our father my Father, who art in heaven. He calls the ultimate shot. He makes the ultimate decision. He's the one that guides us in the paths of righteousness. And for us to turn our back on that and to go the way of the world, we find ourselves in trouble that many will die in their sin because 
they had a bad earthly father. But there's a perfect heavenly father that's willing to take over your life right now. Not when you get to be 20, 30, 40, 50, or retire right now. You see, the Bible says now is accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Salvation from what? All the scars that are on your life, all the things that you missed out on when you were growing up because you came from a family where God was not the center of attention. You, did, you weren't brought up in church. You get mad at people that were brought up in church. But it's only by the grace of God. He made that decision. But then he says, but I have made myself so evident in creation that you're without an excuse. So get away from these man things and look to God and let him be the author and the finisher of our faith. He wants to be your father. He would love for you to be able to pray, my father which art in heaven, rather than everybody else in the stadium saying, our father which is in heaven, my father, my Lord, my Savior. That's what he wants us to do. God loves you unconditionally. In Psalm chapter 78, there's a reminder of God's goodness to Israel. He wanted the fathers to tell the children about him. But look what it says in that 19th verse. Yea, they spoke against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock and the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his children? Therefore, the Lord heard this. And this is, a, this is an unusual word. You hear it once in a while. It says the Lord was wroth, W-R-O-T-H. If anybody uses that word, you'll know what it means. It means he was very angry, very angry at questioning him. Therefore the Lord heard this, he was wroth, so a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came upon Israel. Why? Why? They're God's chosen people. Because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Can we understand that? Can we understand simple words that there's no other name given among men whereby we can be saved other than Jesus? The Father, the Son, and Jesus, all three together are one. And there's no way, the Bible says, you say, well, I just choose to disagree. I understand that. You have a right to be wrong. But you know what? If God says it, that settles it. You see, when you teach a child to obey when they're four years old, they won't be calling adults by their first name when they're seven years old and eight years old. And their holy fits will stop at about five. Their unholy fits, I should say. Why? Because God gets a hold of a child. He can change a child very, very quickly. You know, if you go home today and your breaker box switch is, is not turned on, I would not encourage you to go buy a lot of light bulbs. <laughs> You're just going to waste your money. You need to turn the switch on. You want a new life? Jesus is the light of the world. Turn on the light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, darkness everywhere. He brought light. He said, let there be what? Light. That's Old Testament. That's Genesis. But then Jesus became the light of the world. And so for a father, we have 
not the responsibility, but the opportunity to guide our children in the paths of righteousness for God's name's sake and for that child's name's sake so that they can experience what God planned for them. But the problem is the devil has a way of getting young people to look at older people that are going after the ways of the world and says, I want to be like them. I want to look like them, dress like them, go where they go, talk the way they talk, tell the stories they tell, and make the priorities of my conversations what they do. And God the Father says, I encourage you not to do that because I'm going to have to one day discipline you. We are responsible, men, to be men of God. We are given not the privilege but the responsibility, which can become a privilege if our children learn to trust God. I'm so glad, again, that my earthly father, early in my life, taught me that it was best for my sake to obey him. He had a way of doing that, and all godly fathers had a way of doing that. Your children one day will find that out. And they will thank you if, 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 if you do it God's way. <laughs> I don't know how many times that I'd have to list those words because I said so. That seemed to be in my dad's vocabulary daily. And you know what I've learned though since growing up? My Heavenly Father that wrote this book, if you read it every day, you're not going to read very many verses before it's going to tell you because I said so. You obey this because I said so. Yeah, but I don't understand. I'll, I'll teach it to you. That's what the Holy Spirit's for. You just read it. Come to Bible study. Study the Word. Listen to the preaching. Listen to good Christian music. And one day, you'll understand. But right now, I don't understand, you might say. But God chose, and I hope this, this is not a negative statement to any of the ladies in the, in the room, but, you know, God, God chose men to write the scriptures. We have the book of Ruth. We have, we have all these wonderful things. It seems like in the culture that the men spoke up boldly in this kind of thing. And we read all of these books. They're named for churches and they're named for men and so forth. But you won't find anywhere in the Bible where God tells a man, step aside, I don't hold you accountable anymore for your family. You just don't find that. God holds a dad responsible, regardless of what the courthouse says about your marriage and your children, you are held accountable. And we can't get away from that. Romans 10, 17, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. How can I believe that I can become a godly father? Because the Bible says you can. The Bible clearly teaches that God will come into the life of a father and a godly husband and will use his power to flow through us so that we can do what God wants us to do. And you know what? The Heavenly Father was always a giver. The Lord gave, the Lord gave, the Lord gave. 
and a earthly father will be a giver of his time, of his talents, of his substance. And every single day, God's word says, I will give my children what they need for that day. So I want you to remember this. Number one, God is completely sovereign. He is completely sovereign. There is no other name above his name. He is infinitely powerful, wise, provider, on and on and on. God always, always will give his very best for his children. Some children need this, and some children need this, and some children need that. But the godly father will meet our every need. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Praise his holy name. In Lamentations chapter 3, two verses. Who is he that said, and it comes to pass when the Lord commands it not? Out of the mouth of the Most High proceeds not evil and good. Let me tell you, God doesn't tell you bad stuff. God doesn't try to trip you up. God, God doesn't try to fool you. He tries to give you wisdom. He tries to lift you, not push you down. He tries to provide for you, not take away from you. He tries to guide you, not say, well, you just go on out. You're on your own now. You're 18 years old. Get out on your own. That's not the kind of God that we serve. And it's hard for us to understand in that we follow God, and if we do follow God, it is hard for us to understand that there's going to be good times, and I'm sorry, there's going to be bad times. Don't blame God when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Fear no evil, for God is with you. His rod and his staff, he'll comfort you. He'll lead you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, but he has a reason. He has a reason. When you hear that bad message, when you hear that bad medical report, when you hear all of the, you're fired, you're guilty, divorce granted, you just remember this. There's a God in heaven who loves you if you're his, he loves you even if you're not his child. If you are his child, you trust him. You release. He says, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Release everything that's building up on you. Just take it to the Lord and what? Leave it there. And then go in the way that God wants you to go. And if you don't think God loves you, you just remember John 3, 16. For God so loved John Morgan, he gave his only begotten son. And you can put your name right there. That if I would believe on him, everything's going to be okay. Everlasting. It's going to be okay. What did it take to make that happen? God gave his only son. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And you hear the words of Jesus in Matthew 26. The holy respect that God the Son, Jesus, 
respected his dad, his father. He went a little farther. He fell on his face. This is Jesus. And he prayed, saying, oh, my father. Now he's on his way to the cross. If it be possible, father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou, thy will be done. Have you got there yet? Can you trust God in the valley you're in this morning? Can you say, Pastor, man, I tell you what, I, I, I like what I'm hearing, but I still got my doubts. Why? Why? Well, you don't understand the situation I'm in. No, I don't. And you don't either. But I know a God that can. I just heard him song about it a while ago. I know a God that can. I know a God that can make you over again just like that. I'm speaking right now face to face with a whole lot of people, and I know you and you know me, and I was there the day that you men gave your heart to Jesus Christ, and you've never been the same. Never. Your wife didn't understand it. Your kids didn't understand it. Your friends didn't understand it. But I know a God who did, and you were born again. And old things passed away, and all things became new. Hear the words of King Hezekiah in Isaiah 38, 17. He said, Behold, for peace I had great bitterness. But thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption, for thou hast cast all my sin behind your back. Anybody need that to happen to you today? Am I talking to anybody either by television, internet, in person, and you're, you're scared to death? Right now, there's something in your life, and you're afraid somebody's going to find it out. And if they do, and it goes public, you're going to crumble. Why don't you take your burden to the Lord and leave it there? Why don't you let a God that cares pick you up and hold you and carry you out of this building and quit being so stubborn about how you feel like your friends know more about God than the Holy Spirit that wrote this Bible. God says, I will forgive you and your sin and remember them no more. Anybody need that today? You don't have to be a father. You may just be a man. You don't have to be a mother. You may just be a woman. You may be a child or a teenager. But God is going and wants to do for you what is best for his glory. Amen. Are you willing to accept that? Are you willing today, as best you can, to take God at his word on this Father's Day? You say, well, I'm afraid that if I did that, God might kill me. Well, he took the life of his only son. But what did the son say? Not my will, but thine be done. I like baseball. I've got to close. I like baseball. If you're a pitcher, there's a bad time comes to pitchers when a manager walks out of the dugout. And you can see them. Just watch them. You just see. I don't care who they are. Just watch them. It's not a good time. But that manager comes out there in the middle of the game. It may be the third inning. It might be the seventh inning. It might be two outs in the ninth inning. And he pulls the pitcher. 
Now, this pitcher has the greatest record in baseball that season, but he still pulls him because he's not doing very good under the circumstances. The manager will pull the pitcher. You know why? Because he thinks it's best for the team. That's what he thinks. Now, he may be wrong, but you say, well, I won't live to be 100. Well, maybe it'd be good for God to pull you earlier than that for the cause. And then they explain it to you when you get to heaven. It's like, oh, thank God, man, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm so glad you took me then. It's, you know, it's pretty nice up here, but I just didn't want to leave right then, you know. I hadn't, I hadn't shot my age in golf, and I was just wanting to do that before I left, or some really important thing in life, as you understand. But you know what? God controls it all. He controls it all. And into thy hands I commend my spirit. Lord, you do what you want me to do. Romans eleven thirty three 33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. We will never understand the wisdom of God. I have those things in my life. You have those things in your life. But we will understand it better by and by. His timing is always perfect. He's never early. He's never late. He's always on time. Psalm 910 says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, O Lord, has not forsaken them that seek you. Are you willing to seek him this morning? Are you ready for good things to come out of bad things? Are you ready to... Get out of the status quo. Are you ready to take up your cross and follow him? It's not unusual for the favorite scripture verse of Christians that have lived a long time for their favorite scripture to be Romans 8, 28, and 29. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God never will explain to me or to you why he does what he does in this life. But we'll understand it better by and by. And one of these days, we'll gather around the throne and we'll have plenty of time. I'm out of time. I'm looking at the clock. <laughs> but one of these days, we're going to have an eternity. And we will gather, and boy, will we have some stories. I came just that close to just throwing it up and saying, I don't want anything to do with you, God. You did this, you did that, and you took this from me, and you didn't let me do this, and I lost that job, and I got this disease, and I had this death in my family, and on and on you can go. Or you can say, all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, and thanks to Calvary, I put it all in the hands of God. To the God that said, no good thing will I ever let happen to you. And they say, well, it didn't seem good to me. He said, I'll explain it to you later. And you'll say, oh, thank you. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. So as we go away today, we can talk about old Job. 
That story just says God had a right, God had a reason, and God has a reward. And whatever is happening to you today, you may be Job or Joe Beth or whatever. Job, you know, as some of you call him. But when you read that story, you have to read the whole book of Job. But when you get to the last part of it, you found out God had a right, God had a reason, and God had a reward for Job. And he's got a reward for you. I don't know what chapter you are in your life, but I know this, that God the Father is sovereign. And God the Father is perfect in his love. First John 4, 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. John 3, 16, we have quoted. But who is Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Father? You can go back and get the other CDs, if you like, of the other two messages. But to sum it up, they're God creating, they're God communicating, they're God caring, and they are God coming. All of them, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come together in order that we can be born again and have life here more abundantly and have an eternity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and all of those who by faith have said, God, I believe you're who you said you were. I believe you became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. I believe that when Jesus went back to heaven, he left the Holy Spirit here to deal with people like me because some of you right now are feeling conviction in your life. That's coming from the Holy Spirit, wanting you to know if it hurts, there's a great physician that can fix it. If your heart is broken today, God can fix it. God can fix it. And so God the Father sent God the Son. When the Son left, he sent the Holy Spirit. And all three together make up what we call salvation.